This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey there, welcome aboard The Adam Ritz Show. My name is Adam Ritz, and with me on the telephone, our co-host, Jay Baker. Jay, are you keeping warm during these coldest days of the winter? I am. It has uh, been a winter wonderland of late. Well, you know what? It's preparation for uh, when you live on Mars. And, you know, because <laughs> when the sun sets on Mars, my gosh, you talk about cold. It gets chilly. And uh, in the news this week, uh, the NASA Perseverance rover has landed on Mars. Uh, it's a $3 billion project where there's a rover and uh, a drone that are going to do research. And, uh, you know, you, we won't live long enough, I don't think, you and I, Jay, not to get uh, depressing, but I don't know if you and I are going to live long enough to, to know where this Mars exploration goes. But you know what? Maybe in 100 years, there's a, there's a colony. There's a, a bunch of citizens living on that planet, carrying out their dreams. I don't know. Where, where's this going? Well, I think colony is exactly where it's going, and you're absolutely correct. It may take a while, but it's. I think it's intriguing because it's a sky's the limit kind of project. And as you said, there's literally a drone was a kid's toy 10 years ago. Now there's a drone on Mars, you know, so go figure. And the critics are arguing, you know, that with the $3 billion cost, uh, could we have spent that money? <laughs> so, sure. Well, something that course. we needed here on Earth, especially after the year we just had. Uh, other thing in life is no matter how positive it is, there's going to be somebody pointing out, you know, that's uh, all I'm saying. Others argue that, you know, with the year we had on Earth in the pandemic, um, having this year be, you know, just a, a low point on on planet earth we might as well do what we can now to see if we can live on another planet (laughs) i am with you all the way (laughs) so i don't know if with our age or our uh um financial background if we'll be first in line to go live in the uh the mars hotel (laughs) in the next few decades uh but they'll look back at these days um, in this century, the, the, the teens and the 20s of this century as to the, uh, the initial research that made it possible for human beings to live and exist on, on planet Mars in the year 2200. I don't know. I don't know when that's going to be. It might, heck, it might be in, in the year 2022. Well, and you and I grew up in an era where traveling into space was a pretty big deal. You had to have elaborate vehicles. They were made by the government. NASA oversaw everything, and now there are private firms that are able to not only launch objects into space, but actually take passengers into an era of the of the planet known as outer space, far enough out that you can feel weightlessness. And yeah, I'm impressed. I'm with you all the way. It's we're we're going places. You know, you might have to uh, fill out a resume. Uh, for SpaceX to uh, to host the closed circuit radio network on planet Mars, uh, we don't know how the broadcast is going to work. So, but you know they're going to have like an intercom system. You could be playing Van Halen and Queen 
saying this is <laughs> the voice of Mars. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> it's Jay Baker, the voice of Mars. <laughs> One your stop, favorite hits Alpha from Planet Centauri. Earth. <laughs> this Van Halen song is out of this world. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I will audition. You could uh, you can apply for that now. Think about that now. Uh, another uh, story came across my desk about um, weight loss. We often talk about uh, being healthy, eating healthy. This is the time of year when maybe your New Year's resolutions are falling off the the wayside, and and maybe uh, you've had a few uh, uh, binges over a few weekends here, especially in the cold when it's hard to get out and exercise. Uh, well, there's been some research done about the apps. Have you ever used a weight loss or a fitness app on your uh, smartphone? I have. I've actually used an app that counts calories, and I find it's pretty effective. Yeah. And, of course, it may not work for everyone. Yeah, the calorie uh, counter one, that's that's good. It, 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 you get into almost a game mode when you're ordering something. You want to know how many yeah. calories it is. You want to make sure you enter that into your daily log. Uh, you see when you've reached your limit that you're done for the day and all that. Well, there's uh, been a research project out of the University of Sydney where researchers looked into 800 apps, 800 fitness and weight Holy loss cow. apps. I, I didn't know there was that many either. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Now, their research, just to get this, uh, it's only a half an hour radio show, just to get this quickly done. <laughs> sure. Um, they've decided that most of the apps are useless. Most of them are, are, most of the 800 are useless. They've pared it down to the top 28 apps and how they specifically target weight loss. And the best ones had a motivational component to it, much like a game, uh, Mm -hmm. an element like rewards or a challenge or points. Um, Some of these apps, you earn points and you can actually win prizes. Like they'll mail you a a prize through uh, UPS or Amazon once you reach your weight goal. So if you are thinking of getting back on the weight loss fitness horse after your uh, New Year's resolution went uh, to the back burner, uh, make sure you do a little research on the app you download because uh, out of 800, uh, more than 760 of them are useless, uh, according to the University of Sydney. Isn't that the case, though, in general with eating plans is not all of them are effective. I'm not judging any of them, but it basically boils down to you need to do something that's healthy and moderate, because if you try an artificial plan, like I think there was a a fad diet where you ate, ate nothing but cabbage soup, that makes sense. I bet you could lose weight, but you and I know very few restaurants feature cabbage soup. That's true. <laughs> so you'd be in trouble with this. You couldn't eat out. You couldn't enjoy time with your friends. So you'd yeah, lo- I, you're going to lose friends with all the gas. I think so. Cabbage soup. That is not a, a diet. I'm, That's not a diet option. A, avoid that app. The cabbage soup app. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, um, you know, we talked last week about um, seasonal depression. And yes. uh, there was a story this week about, um, you know, just your attitude and how your brain works, uh, whether you're foggy, alert during the dead of winter. Uh, and this study is kind of obvious. I think, you, I think you'll agree. It's, uh, it's just that time of year. It's uh, the cold weather gets you down. It has an effect on how your brain works. Researchers at the University of Liege found that brain activity while performing a set of tasks differed at certain times of the year. 
So the brain activity while performing a sustained attention task peaked during the summer and dipped during the winter. So that's a research project. I could have saved them a lot of money and told them that, I, that I'm, I am slow playing from playing cards to trying to read a recipe. Uh, it's hard to do in the winter, easier to do in the summer. Uh, but here's a cool one. When it came to memory, the most brain activity was in the autumn and the least was in the spring. Interesting. Yeah. more Even, you know, less than uh, winter. The least amount of brain activity as far as uh, memory is in the spring. <laughs> Who would, yeah, I mean, it, you, you think back and I find that very interesting. And like you said, they quantify these things. So now and, you know. And my memory in the autumn, forget it, uh, because that's when football season starts. Although, you know what? I bet my brain activity picks up because I start paying attention you remember to remember the players yeah, the games the I've, I've got to remember yeah. uh, all the players i got to remember the the nickel defense i got to remember the you know the two tight end offense it all comes back to me in the fall okay this makes sense yeah i mean there you go you're uh, on board with the adam red show we're taking a look at public affairs and we're underwritten by vibonomics an audio experience company uh with uh, in-store audio and advertising and promotional voiceover messages in retail spaces across the country you can learn more about them at vibonomics.com there's a link to their website on our website adamritzshow.com all right it took a little bit of brain activity to remember to say that but i got it out uh, even though it's the dead of winter boy i'm really going to be good at that uh come fall oh yeah so i'm looking forward to you perfecting it by fall you're looking forward to me remembering who you are come kick <laughs> yes, off absolutely well we've all been apart from each other for so long who knows uh if we will remember each other uh as we move forward uh, this, this, the weekend that you hear this show, some of the bad weather is going to be behind us, but you, do you know, Adam, that midweek, the, uh, 150 million Americans were impacted by snow or bad weather. And that's, you know, a full half of the country was affected by this latest storm activity. It was, uh, they, I've heard, uh, once in a three decade storm. Once in 30 years, especially down yes. in the Texas area. They don't see weather like that for, uh, you know, once every 30 years. No, and our poor friends in Texas had to deal with uh, extensive power outages, and we certainly hope that everyone is safe down there. Here's something you don't quite realize. Over 15 military bases were affected by the winter storm. So they were there in case an emergency required military action. But 15 bases had to reduce all non-essential work. And that's something you don't think about, that it affected half of the people in the United States, but it also affected the military's ability to do its job. That, that is uh, amazing to hear it uh, laid out like that, for sure. Yeah, it is very, very different when you think of it that way. A group in Helena, Montana, they're known as the Snow Angels. They got together through Instagram, and when the snow hit, one of the things they did, Adam, was go to their local hospital, St. Peter's Hospital in Helena, and uh, on they meet twice daily and remove snow from the vehicles of healthcare workers. Well, that is so nice of them. It's uh, been absolutely terrific. Uh, they started out with ten volunteers. They now have forty volunteers. And the staff at St. Peter's Hospital has been extremely grateful and gave the nickname to this group, 
the snow angels. So, you know, sometimes you can take a tough situation and turn it into a positive. Yeah, they could uh, get a .org behind that and, and go national with that one. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, you talked about brain studies. This was very interesting. A European-based study said that 80s pop hits are best at reducing stress. They created these playlists. They put on the, you know, that cool helmet that you see in all the sci-fi movies with all the leads coming out of it. And they said that 80s pop hits were the best at reducing stress. Well, I, you got to be more specific than that from that. Re I mean, there's a lot of terrible, uh, well, I shouldn't well, say terrible, but a lot of, you know, high energy. Uh, are you telling me that that looks that kill by Motley Crue <laughs> relieves stress? Ironic that you would bring that up because, believe it or not, heavy metal tested very well as well. Not quite as well as 80s pop hits. But yes, even listening to Motley Crue has some benefit in reducing your stress. Perhaps hearing the Motley Crue song makes you think of a more nostalgic time. Yeah, and you know, that and I, may be part of what helps reduce the stress. And I'll admit, I you know, you say '80s pop hits, and I went straight for the Motley Crue. That's <laughs> you're talking uh, Cyndi Lauper, Madonna, oh, Prince, wham. yeah, yeah wham. The okay, stuff that yeah, the stuff that you'd hear on the radio you back know, in the '80s. Maybe, uh, maybe not or, not Yankee Rose from Roth. <laughs> no, not David Lee. He can't reduce stress. He can only increase your stress. <laughs> Uh, you'll be appreciative of this. Techno music actually increases stress, something you might have suspected. I suspected that, yeah. You probably saw that J.J. Watt, the uh, famous defensive end for the Houston Texans, was released by the team. He actually has an amazing foundation called the J.J. Watt Foundation. They uh, collect funds for middle school athletic programs because they found that when school boards uh, tighten their budgets, a lot of times some of the athletic programs would get uh, shortchanged. And J.J. Watt said, you know, uh, sports are good for kids. Well, after J.J. Watt was released from the Texans, a flurry of $99 donations uh, came into his program. Uh, because of certainly his jersey number 99. But I thought that that was terrific. The J.J. Watt Foundation, by the way, was founded in 2010. And over the years, they've given out $6.3 million in donations. Yeah, he famously, uh, I believe, gave $1 million in the uh, wake of that, uh, the hurricane damage in Houston a few years ago. Yeah, he's very philanthropic and a, and a real good role model for that community. So the next they city will definitely that, miss him. Yeah, the next city that picks him up is going to get a great great guy. Absolutely, Alex Trebek's family is donating it forward. They donated Alex, the late Alex Trebek, much of his wardrobe to an organization called the Doe Fund. And I don't know if you saw that or not this week. I did not. No, that's cool. I, yeah, it's, how many suits do you think he had? <laughs> well, they gave, they gave away an awful lot of suits. It was funny you brought that up because obviously Alex always was sporting the nice suit. You know, there's certain guys that can pull a suit off, and Alex was one of those guys. 
Uh, the Doe Fund is an organization that helps the homeless find jobs. So part of nice clothes is, you know, we help you with your resume. We help you with your job skills. And when you go to that interview, you want to look like Alex Trebek. So here's an Alex Trebek suit for you. Can you imagine going to a job interview in one of Alex Trebek's suits? Talk about having the utmost confidence going into oh, yes. that. And if you could reach into the breast pocket and pull out some blue paper cards that have the answer to what the, <laughs> what the interviewer is asking you. <laughs> if Yeah, everything must be asked in the form of a question, oh, please. My gosh. Yeah, that is very great. cool. I got to look that one up. We'll put a link to the Doe Fund on our uh, website too. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, in Canada, they recently had the world's longest hockey game, and they do it for charity. Now, this was the first time that they actually tried to set a record. This has been an ongoing feature in the town of Alberta, though Alberta might be a province. Yeah, make that a – is Alberta a town or a province? I feel horrible now. You know, that, uh, I know someone's yelling at the radio. It sounds like a province to me. Is it okay? Yeah, I'm and I don't go with you know, Don't feel bad. I mean, uh, we're Americans. We we don't have to know everything about them, but they have to know everything about us. <laughs> yeah, hey there. At any rate, uh, the world's longest hockey game, Adam, it went for over 252 hours, and they raised 1.8 million dollars for an Alberta hospitals cancer research department so oh that's gosh. a f- fairly significant amount of money how many minutes 200 what two hours 200 hours 252 hours so what they did they literally played hockey 24 7 and they did it at an outdoor ice rink so at times over the last few days while they were doing this the temperatures actually drop to minus 67 degrees. It can get a little chilly up in Canada, as we've noted in the past. We love our friends to the north, but you better have a nice coat if you live in Canada. (laughs) 252-hour hockey game in in the the cold uh, Great White North. They must be laughing at us uh, for the way we handle winter. (laughs) <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Because we, we when it gets down to twenty, we're upset. They're yeah. uh, cancel the sixty-seven. Cancel the charity hockey game. It's it's twenty-eight degrees. I thought this was cool. Over forty athletes participated in the game, so obviously, you know, you'd have to check in, check out, and over five thousand goals were scored. That is amazing. It, I, I think it 5, was really 000, cool. That's the better record. That has to yeah. be a record. How much? How many goals have you scored Over 5, in a game? Oh, yeah. we, we had uh, we we scored twelve last night. Really, we had five thousand yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and you you got to suspect the average stadium clock can't accommodate five thousand goals. You know, how, yeah, like, how do they put that on the scoreboard? <laughs> You know, like a, a collegiate basketball team is probably not going to score over 100, you know, so it, it's kind of fun uh, actually thinking of keeping track of over 5,000 goals. But it was uh, Team Hope versus, oh, and I, I, I missed the other team, but it was uh, two teams that went head to head. They raised $1.8 million in Canadian uh, or for Alberta's cancer research, 252 hours. Pretty impressive. That's unbelievable. Almost $2 million for cancer and uh, and apparently no defense. 
No. <laughs> well, <laughs> when it's minus, <laughs> yeah, when it's minus 67, you're kind of like, uh, after you. No, after you. Pull the goalie. Pull <laughs> we need the to goalie. save the manpower. <laughs> we got 200 hours left. Pull the goalie. Get the goalie in here and get him some hot chocolate. He doesn't look good. Uh, this is a very cool story. Uh, General Motors, the major car manufacturer, has helped create an empowerment plan. They put in over $1 million into this endeavor. And how their empowerment plan works is they hire homeless people to make goods for other homeless people. They actually have they offer a living wage and a 40 hour job if you're willing to come in. And the main project is they make these coats for the homeless. That is so cool. I think it's really a great idea. And it gives uh, homeless individuals a steady job. And then you're helping others. The coats that they create, Adam, are waterproof and then they can. I guess they have kind of a zipper arrangement. You can make your coat into a sleeping bag. And are, do they use uh, space at a, one of the car plants to do this, or is this a outside? This, yeah, venture? they have. Yeah, they have some unused manufacturing uh, plant, and they bring in these individuals. And they've done this in a couple of different locations, not just Detroit, though. The main plant that they do this in is in Detroit, Michigan. And since 2011, they've given over 50,000 coats to charity. That is amazing. I love that story. I I think so, too. It's so cool that uh, somebody came up with that idea. And because it is General Motors, they're using General Motors vehicles to deliver these coats to various nonprofits around the United States, especially in places that have been hard hit by the weather, which is something that happened just this week. For sure. That's a great story. Love that story. Thank you. Yeah. Interesting story. Uh, looking at, uh, you know, economies as we've been, uh, you know, dealing with uh, sort of the new normal, if you will, uh, this probably is uh, one of those duh, self-evident things, but delivery food has now officially become 11% of total restaurant sales. And that is up 86% from the previous year. I, would have, uh, I wouldn't have guessed that. 11% of your average restaurant in America, 11% of their sales comes from delivery. Well, what's happening is restaurants as an economic sector, now 11% of the sales in restaurants now are going into the delivery food pipeline. And you'll appreciate this, chains and even celebrities are creating new to-go items. So, you know, the to-go food thing may be with us even post-COVID, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but have you gotten pretty handy at ordering your favorite foods? Yeah, uh, you know, certainly. Um, I, I've, I, I've, It's second nature f- to me now to go into a restaurant and pull out my phone and take a picture of uh, the barcode so I, or the QR code so I can get the uh, menu pulled up on my phone through the internet. Um, and then a lot of restaurants don't even have a, a a menu that you can touch. If they do, it usually you can throw it away. 
Uh, but a lot of tables, have you sat down? You just see the only thing at the table is a QR code. It's almost like you're right. entering an escape room to have lunch. Uh, you got to sure. figure out how to find their their menu just to order something, and yeah, that's it. the first few times I did it. I was uh, and I had to explain to people now what is this? I'm like, just pull out your phone; it'll pull up a. And now it's second nature, and uh, I think we have to give some credit uh, and a tip of the hat to um, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey for their uh, Super Bowl commercial supporting uh, food delivery. I, I think they get some of that credit for that 11 percent in sales too. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, of interest uh, with the companies that deliver, they are, of course, uh, providing employment opportunities to people that say, yeah, you know, I, I could either drive uh, for Uber or I could drive for DoorDash. It's an opportunity to uh, provide some grassroots employment. And it is those companies, Grubhub and DoorDash, that have been the partners in helping these restaurants create new to-go food options. Um, One of the examples they gave was a company like Applebee's now has created a couple of different companies, one of which does nothing but chicken wings. That's what they they started a company that only delivers chicken wings. Only delivers chicken wings, and then they do that through their uh, delivery partner, which I believe is Grubhub. So if if and and you know and I, I'm sorry the name escapes me right now, but yeah, it's a standalone company that only does chicken wing delivery. And if you think about it, a traditional chain restaurant like Applebee's is looking for greater a greater format because you know uh, much uh, a lot of indoor dining is still uh, being uh, you know throttled down in the United States I uh, go to a restaurant and I, I'll say six out of ten times the the host or hostess will ask me if I'm food delivery or grubhub I uh-huh. guess I just look like a driver and I'm like no yeah. I'm just here to eat. Uh, here to or I'm here to pick up a carryout order. Uh, so I don't know what your average Grubhub driver looks like, but I'll tell you that that person <laughs> looks like me. <laughs> well, there you go. You fit the description, but that so, does show you about the sheer amount of delivery food activity that's going on. In fact, if you want to uh, dress like me, you could probably get a few free meals because you could just, you walk in, they say, are you Grubhub? You just say, yes, take the bag and walk out. (laughs) You know, I have seen the Grubhub guy come into my favorite uh, Asian noodle restaurant and he, I think he's been there so many times and they know him. So they just kind of nod and he picks up the bag. Does he look like me? He does. He looks just like you. (laughs) I think if I walked in that same restaurant, nodded, and picked up the bag, I'd be stopped at the door. <laughs> They'd know. They'd bust you. They would know. No, that more hey, bad advice uh, from the Adam Rich Show. Yeah, it's rail. It's it's a radio noodle guy, and put that bag down. That belongs to somebody. Speaking of food, hats off to Ryan Reynolds and his wife Blake Lively. They just recently gave a million dollars to Feeding America and also the Food Bank of Canada. And they did this to uh, help food pantries in these pandemic times because that is still uh, a big issue, hunger in America. And it was a million dollars. 
they gave a million dollars. That's now technically they each gave five hundred grand, but yes, as a couple, they gave a million dollars. That's uh, that's worth noting and uh, certainly worth uh, a tip of the hat. I think uh, a lot of the celebs that give money um, do so. Uh, on the down low, they don't want credit for it, or they don't want people to know about it. Uh, I, I, I'm the opposite. I want people to know about it because they, a lot of people, celebs especially, get a bad rap uh, yes. from people that think they have it too easy, uh, which you know we all know they do. <laughs> but, we know that when you're Ryan Reynolds and you wake up next to Blake Lively, you say, wow, my life's taken a horrible turn. He's got a horrible existence, and I it's think tough. it's good for people to know <laughs> that he and she are giving back and helping people. Million dollars. I mean, that's that's, that's a substantial amount of money. Because I, is, you, you hear, have you ever done this? Have you ever had a celebrity, you hear about a celebrity that just gave $5,000 to something, and you're like, that's it? <laughs> what are you kidding me? You made nineteen million on your last movie, and you just gave yeah. five thousand. That's not enough, um, right? So, yeah, you're you're the main star in this major film, and you coughed up five grand. Why you? Yeah. I, I can't. The next time you do a story, I hope it's uh, Ryan Re Ryan Reynolds just gave one hundred and twenty seven dollars <laughs> to a charity in Canada. Uh, so. Thank you, Jay, for sharing all those interesting stories with us. I want to thank our listeners for uh, tuning in today. If you like this show or any of our past episodes, you can listen to them on demand, podcast style, on our website, adamritzshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ritz, and on Instagram and Facebook, we are Adam Ritz Show. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.